and welcome to Silver Age, Silver Screen, a podcast where we watch, discuss, and review sci-fi, cult, superhero, and other stereotypically geeky films. I'm your co-host, Casey Jarms. And I'm your other co-host, Riley Thorpe. Yeah, and you know, Riley, we talk about Marvel movies a lot. I mean, a lot of the time it's about the MCU because those are the good ones, but there are other Marvel movies out there. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies are phenomenal. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse is probably the best superhero ever made. Some of the X-Men movies are passable. Right, half the X-Men movies are good. And you know what, Riley? I feel like it's time we talk about the original Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. The one that came out in 19... 1986. The very first theatrically released Marvel film. Yeah, there was some TV stuff and there was some Captain America serials, but this was the first, like, movie movie. Released in theaters, feature length. Oh, God. We're talking about Howard the Duck. Oh, boy, this film. (laughs) It was directed by a man named Willard Huyuk. Is that how it's pronounced? Well, you see, when I first read it, I didn't read it normally. What I read was... That poor man, he shares his name with, like, the goofy thing. You know, a lot of people, when they talk about this movie, they say, George Lucas made this? Which, I mean, George Lucas has made some messy, messy films. Oh, yeah. No, George Lucas was just the executive producer. This movie was made by two people, really. Williard Huyuk and his wife, producer Gloria Katz. Mm -hmm. Both of those people, they worked on American Graffiti and the Temple of Doom. And then they made this. It is a PG movie, the first feature-length theatrically released movie based on a Marvel Comics property. And of all the characters they could have gone with, they went with Howard the Duck. A live-action Howard the Duck movie. Like, right there. That, in and of itself, is just weird to me. And I do actually have... I've done some research into, like, the production of this movie, and it's fairly interesting. Some of the... Well, not fairly interesting. Basically, this movie was originally intended to be animated. And right out the gate, I think that that would have been a much better decision because there's just some stuff you can pull off in an animated film that you can't pull off in live action, you know, and vice versa. There's just some things that don't translate well when it's intended for animation. It doesn't translate very well to live action. (coughs) Lion King 2019. (coughs) But yeah, so it was originally supposed to be animated, but because George Lucas was the producer of it and it was his company, Lucas had a contract with Universal Pictures and the deal was not for animation. It was for live action movies. So basically they were given an ultimatum of we either don't make this movie at all or we make it, but it has to be live action. And they were like, all right, so we got to make it. This was the final product. What was it? 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, which Rotten Tomatoes is not the end all be all of the quality of films, but Still, they give you a decent idea sometimes. So, Riley, have you ever read a Howard the Duck comic? No, honestly, I don't even really know anything about Howard the Duck. And I actually did because of this movie. I actually looked up some stuff about his character and stuff. Like, from what I've read, it's a very inaccurate portrayal of Howard the Duck to an extent, you know? You know what? I don't, I've never read a Howard the Duck comic. Honestly, all my knowledge of Howard the Duck comes from this show when we did a Christmas episode and we talked about all 
the weird Howard the Duck Christmas specials, like the one where Captain America sells the North Pole to Hydra and Howard teams up with a bunch of mall Santas to get back, which honestly would have been a lot better than this movie. That actually sounds fun. Yeah. While, like, looking this movie up, I found this wonderful pair of quotes. One from Steve Gerber, one of the main writers of the Howard the Duck comic, which this film is ostensibly adapting. According to Steve Gerber, the whole point of the comic book is that it's existential. Like, I quote, This is no joke. There it is. The cosmic giggle. The funniest gag in the universe. The life's most serious moments and most incredibly dumb moments are often distinguishable only by a momentary point of view. Anyone who doesn't believe this probably can't enjoy reading Howard the Duck. Mm -hmm. Now, contrast that with the quote I found from Cats, this film's producer and writer. It's a film about a duck from outer space. It's not supposed to be an existential experience. You're supposed to have fun with the concept, but for some reason, reviewers weren't able to get over that problem. And those are two very different ideologies on what this should be. Yeah. And like I said, I've never read Howard the Duck from the little I know. Howard the Duck fans think this movie is toned down on like the R-rated stuff, even though it still has a lot of uncomfortable moments it tones that down and it makes it less wacky and maybe that's why this film is just boring right well the thing about it is i've found that a lot of movies from this era and even up until quite recently i would argue this also applies to the sonic the hedgehog movie that came out last year is that a lot of studios they take these properties like this cartoons comic books video games they just say oh yeah we know that there's like years potentially decades worth of of lore and story with these characters, but instead of faithfully adapting that, we're just going to make this random movie and put the names and designs of these characters in that movie. Like Sonic the Hedgehog, there's decades worth of story in the games from that universe, but nope, he's going through a portal to hang out with the Donut Lord. The Super Mario Brothers movie from the 90s. I mean, A, there's not a whole lot of story in the Super Mario games anyway, but like, they're in the real world, and this human bad guy is trying to turn humanity back into the time of the dinosaurs or whatever the fuck. That Street Fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Gotta watch that sometime, actually. Yeah, yeah. We, we should totally review that as well. I'd actually really be down to do that. But uh, that movie, what is Street Fighter? It's a fighting game. People are in a tournament and they're fighting each other. But the movie is about this weird hostage situation that they're sending these operatives in and, and the characters are all completely misrepresented. Point of what I'm trying to say is studios just, as you said with that quote from the producer, it's like they just legitimately completely dismiss the tone, the characters, the story, and just take the names and designs of the character, put them in a random ass movie and hope it works. And it hardly ever does. But you know, Riley, I mean, sometimes you have to make changes for an adaptation. And I mean, sure, getting rid of the satire and surrealism that is why people like the comics, that's a bold decision to make. But I mean, hey, this film, it won a ton of awards, like Razzie for worst picture, Razzie for worst screenplay, Razzie for worst new star. Oh, oh. The really funny thing about 
that that I found is at the time in 1986, it actually broke the record for the amount of Razzies nominated by one film. It was nominated for seven, it won four. I know nothing about Howard the Duck, but from the, albeit very little I've researched about it, this is completely different than anything Howard the Duck has ever done before. However, I'm gonna take a moment to be honest right here. When I went into this movie, I knew about this movie going in. I had heard just this is one of the most infamously bad movies ever made. All anyone talks about is how atrocious it is. And listen, it is not a good movie in any way, shape, or form. But God damn it, did I have a shit ton of fun watching this. Really? Holy shit. I am just as surprised as you are. I fucking loved watching this movie. I had so much fun. Oh my God. It's not a good movie, but I just want to get my thoughts on it right away. Wow. We had different experiences. I was very bored by this movie. Yeah, I think totally it was fine. bad. I think it very rarely was so bad it's good. I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's not good. I was really fucking entertained by it. I don't know. It's not a good movie, but goddamn that I have a fucking blast watching it, you know? I'm really glad that you were bored by it because we get to talk about it a lot more. So let's just jump in. The film opens up on Duck World, a planet that's like Earth, but with ducks. And we're introduced to Howard, a 27-year-old duck who's down on his luck, very depressed, reading Play Duck. Yeah, you see, the camera pans through Howard's apartment as he gets home. He has a bunch of movie posters that are parodies of movies in our world, but with ducks. Like, uh, he has Raiders of the Lost Ark poster, but instead of that, it's a picture of a duck wearing an Indiana Jones outfit, and it's titled Breeders, Raiders of the Last Quack, or whatever the fuck. I don't remember. Yeah, Breeders of the Last Stork. Stork, that's it. Yeah, there's a lot of jokes in air quotes from the set design. I mean, it's not yeah. funny, but hey, look, it's an apartment, but like, he's a duck and he reads duck porn while listening to messages about his boring life. And then a big spooky laser shoots him and like drags him through a wall past a naked duck lady with duck titties. This is a PG movie, by the way. They're now burned into my brain for the rest of existence. Okay. We're five minutes into a PG movie and we've seen two instances of duck titties. We've seen a duck smoking a stogie, drinking a beer, itching his crotch, and then he gets sucked through a giant portal into space and to the human world. Yay! Yeah, I will be honest, in that scene, it doesn't show you Howard the Duck very much until he sits down on his couch, but Howard's design looks like shit. I get that, like, how are you gonna make a cartoon duck look realistic, but also look how he's supposed to in the comics, you know? It's like- Ooh, ooh, I've got an idea, I've got an idea. Have him be a cartoon and do an animated film. You know, and that would probably help even better, because, I mean, that duck bill, it's hard to get expressions on it and makes Howard look bored during all the scenes, but if you were animated, you could go over the top, give him comical animations to get emotion across. Exactly. If this were an animation, this would have been so so much better, so much. Well, I don't. Th well, I don't well, think it I mean, would have been good, but but it would have fit better. I think that this movie was very limited by the constraints of making a live action film. If they were allowed to make an animated film, they would have been able to go all out and probably have been more accurate. Hopefully, have been more accurate. But we can't ever know that because they didn't make the movie. Instead of a cartoon accurate looking duck, we got this weird B 
beady-eyed, emotionless, prosthetic thing that just looks unsettling to look at. Howard's design looks like shit. We saw like three different duck nipples, three or four. I don't know. The duck in the play duck porno mag was kind of off to the side. So you just kind of saw like the side of it. Yes, we're getting very, very in-depth and granular into how many duck titties we've seen. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Time. I just realized something. What? Why duck have titties? Exactly. Because, no, no. They're, they're, they're birds. Right. They don't produce milk. Uh, and even <laughs> if they did, why? Like, it stated in this film that duck people come from eggs. This is a very confusing uh, movie. You know, Riley, I this might be a bold claim, but I don't think that the writers of Howard the Duck did a lot of research into making really complex world building. I, I mean, that's a bold claim. I mean, what you're saying is that the writers who wrote Duck titties into a PG movie, they didn't know how to tell this story? What? I mean, to be fair, it was 80s PG. Yeah. Like, Airplane also did, but Airplane was actually funny, unlike this movie, so I can accept that. They say fuck in Beetlejuice, and that's PG, so you're right. Yeah, 80s PG is different than 2020s PG. But yeah, Howard, he gets hit by a random laser that pulls him to Earth, and as he's walking around Cleveland, yeah, he lands in (laughs) Cleveland because it's Cleveland. It's the joke city. Everyone hates Cleveland. There's a whole show that its basic premise is that MILFs are more attractive in Cleveland because everyone's ugly. That has (laughs) Betty White in it. But anyway... He lands in Cleveland, and as he's walking around this new, strange, alien world, he sees a random woman being mugged, and he saves her. And we get that meet-cute moment between a human woman and a weird duck puppet. That woman, by the way, is played by Leah Thompson who played Marty McFly's mother in Back to the Future. Just throwing that out there. Before he saves her, he gets to our world in this random alleyway where he is kidnapped by a very, very 80s gangsters, like these thug-type guys that wearing a lot of leather and eyeliner and shit. They bring him into a nightclub. After that, he's, like, literally thrown out the back because everyone thinks it's a child in a costume. Then he's chased by a lesbian biker gang called Satan's Sluts. And then he rescues a woman named Beverly from being raped and he uses quack foo, which he is a master of, by the way. It's a martial art from his planet. Yeah, it's very weird, this movie. It has two types of humor. Super, super sexual adult, except for not really funny, just like, haha, the duck gonna do the sex. But also at the same time, it features a ton of really childish, unfunny for a different reason humor, like, hey, quack foo. This film, honestly, just to get in my whole problem with this, this isn't a very funny movie. No. It's a comedy movie that I never laughed at while watching. Trust me, I do agree. Like, the jokes are very unfunny. However, me personally, I was laughing a lot in this movie. Mostly because these jokes were so unfunny. They were trying so hard, but failing at being funny. But there were some jokes that, I don't know, maybe I'm interpreting too much subtlety out of it. There's just some lines they say in this movie later on. And don't get me wrong, all of the jokes are terrible. But I don't know, I personally was laughing a lot throughout this movie. Like, there was a part later on in the movie where him and this guy Phil, who we will get to Phil later, were battling the villain, and the villain was about to shoot a laser at 
at them. And Phil was like, we need to get out of here. He's going to kill us. And Howard was like, no, the gun's jammed. I need to save her. And he was like, Howard, duck. And Howard goes dead ass serious and proud of it. I died laughing at that part because it was so bad, but it was so funny to me. There was like one genuinely, I thought, yeah, that's kind of clever, line in the entire film. Like there are a lot of really bad ones that I guess for Riley were so bad they're good. But like the only time I ever thought, hey, that was actually kind of clever is when Howard gets arrested, he's like, what are you arresting me for? Being an illegal alien. Okay, that's mildly clever. On the topic of like the comedy and the, the style of humor and stuff like that, maybe I haven't seen these movies in a while, but these kind of reminded me of the mid-2000s Scooby-Doo movies in a very specific way. Like, you could tell that they were written by an adult who just didn't give a fuck. And well, to be fair, those Scooby-Doo movies were written by James Gunn. Right, but he wrote those movies to be rated R. And then yeah, they had yeah. someone else... I actually... God, those movies were my childhood, and I'm not saying they're good, but I am saying they're dumb. In a good way. Right. Do not get me wrong. Those Scooby-Doo movies are much better than this. But I'm just saying, I got a similar feeling that I got watching those movies. It's like, it was written by a guy, by someone who just didn't give a fuck. Wrote like the most explicit bullshit ever. And then someone completely different came in and just changed all of the explicit stuff to be childish. And it just is a terrible mismatch of tone and content. And it, it was like an adult movie that was forced to be made made into a kid's movie. That specifically I guess, I guess. is what, that's how I drew the comparison between those two movies. But yes, the comedy is very unfunny. That said, I was laughing. I don't know why, I don't like it, but goddamn, <laughs> I thought it was funny. So Howard saves Beverly and they talk and go back to her apartment and are friends now. She's the love interest. Uh-huh. We're going to get to, oh god. Beverly takes Howard to meet with her scientist friend, Phil, who is so extra yeah. in every scene. Yeah, she takes him to a museum to meet with a paleontologist lab assistant named Phil, played by Oscar-winning actor Tim Robbins. You know, Tim Robbins from Mystic River and The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that guy. He's in this movie. Well, I gotta say, he brings that Oscar award-winning depth. Like, seriously, Phil is such a... No, I'm, I can't. What the fuck even is Phil? He's so extra. Like, yeah. Chill the fuck out, Phil. It was so crazy and over the top, but I will give it credit for this. Like I said, again, I'm gonna keep repeating it, but it's not that good. But all of the actors do bring it. Like, for what this movie is and what it's going for, this live-action cartoon, it's extra and over-the-top and stupid, but for what I think he was going for, particularly Tim Robbins and another character who uh, isn't revealed yet, all of the actors in general, but specifically Tim Robbins, for what this movie is and I'm sure what he was going for, I don't know, I thought it kind of worked because he's just going all out and so cartoony and over-the-top, and I think it worked for this movie. I will say... Phil is at least amusing. I wouldn't say he's funny, but he at least brings energy to the scenes and makes the scenes where he's in enjoyable. Like, as soon as he sees Howard, he, like, goes absolute bonkers and, like, runs into the other paleontologist and says, I have found the missing link! And then he realizes, wait, I shouldn't tell them that. Never mind, go back to work! Da-da-da-da-da! Like, 
Phil and Dr. Jennings, who we'll get to later, if they were in a movie which had good, well-written jokes, they would be entertainable. Right, yeah, And absolutely. you know what's weird? Hmm. You'd think that Howard the Duck, like the film's main character, this cartoon duck transported to the real world, would have some of that zaniness, some of that, like, charming, over-the-top, like, cartoon character stuff, but he really doesn't. He's the most reserved character in the movie. Yeah, and in addition to that, he is a piece of shit. Like, he's a snarky asshole every chance he gets. Yeah, he's just kind of, I mean, he does the classic movie, Ooh, Gotta Save the Girl thing, but he's just not likable. I wouldn't even say a snarky ass because i mean yeah he's a bit of a dick but he's just dull a lot of the time oh yeah he's like the kind of guy that always has something negative to say in any situation like he's talking with the girl he just saved this woman and she's inviting him into her home giving him food and shelter and she's like so she's asking him questions about who he is where he's from what his plans are and he's just like you know what don't get too attached to me okay as soon as i get the chance i'm getting out of here and it's just there's moments like that all throughout the film where he's always just kind of that piece of shit to everybody and i'm like wow this is our protagonist you know he's not a likable character he's not a good character i mean none of the characters in this movie are good characters but he's not a good character he's not a nice person he's just weird like you said like the zaniness is the side characters not him not the anthropomorphic duck so howard now that he's on earth uh well can't go home because phil's a weirdo who like gives this really dumb presentation on i figured out what howard is what if he's like different evolution from another planet like what the, is phil even supposed to be smart i can't tell yeah like there's a bigger segment than what you would originally hope for in this movie where they explain the evolution of what exactly howard is in terms of evolution it's like it goes on for several minutes like he's explaining instead of the species of his planet being evolved from primates as we humans are he's evolved from ducks yeah and that's very shoddy science normally figure that stuff out you'd look at like fossil records and see how things have changed over time but no he just looks at like this bipedal bird man and he's like oh i see you used to be a duck and now like over generations evolved to a humanoid i mean it's not like this alien species with a completely different evolution path could have i don't know been a humanoid that then grew feathers or i don't know it's just a dumb scene and after it howard just decides to stop hanging out with phil because Phil's annoying, screw trying to get home, and he gets a job as a janitor in a brothel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, A, here's the biggest plot hole for me personally. If Phil is so smart and is such an expert on the evolution of a species he just found out existed five minutes ago, why doesn't he explain why female ducks have nipples, you know? Why, why don't you explain that, Phil? That's the biggest plot hole in this movie. But he decides, of all the things, of all his priorities, he says he needs to get home. He says, screw you to Phil and Beverly. Instead of trying to get home, instead of trying to find food or shelter or whatever, he decides to go to employment services to get a job as a towel boy at a hot tub slash sex club. After a woman at the employment services yells at him and he almost bites her ass. What is this movie? And you know what's weird? You think from that, oh, okay, we're going to describe. It's just misadventures of Howard working at various jobs. But no, it isn't. No. Like halfway through this film, it switches to an adventure movie. 
Howard, by the way, Howard beats up Beverly's mean manager and, like, becomes her band's new manager, which honestly would have probably been a thing they could have focused on more because Howard's shown to be, like, a guy who dropped out of med school so he could be a musician and then failed, and that would have been a thing to go into, but they don't really go into it ever beyond, like, that one scene. But anyway, Howard becomes the manager for Beverly. Yay! And then they go home to Beverly's apartment. Oh no! And then they... Almost fuck. Yeah, I didn't even know how to phrase it. Like, it isn't a sex scene. They don't have sex. She's basically naked and, like, takes him back to bed. And also is kind of a bit rapey. Like, he keeps saying, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to have sex with you. And she keeps going, which is a bit uncomfortable. But yeah, the movie almost has Beverly have sex with Howard. It's like, Beverly, come on. You know he's going to give you space rabies. So what that's from, that was a scene when he's beating up the manager. He beats up the manager because he is joking about sexually harassing Beverly. Because, you know, PG movie, again. But as he's beating him up, he's like, you don't want to mess with me. I got space rabies. And everyone starts freaking out. And then after that, they're hanging out at her apartment. She tells him to get into her bed to watch David Letterman. Oh, keep in mind, during this entire scene, when they're in her apartment, she is wearing underwear bottoms, a bra, and a open button-up shirt, and that's it. And he's talking mad sex to her. He is hitting on her hard. He is like, you know, I have started to, I know it's only been a day, but I have started to gain appreciation for the human female anatomy. Do you think Howard has like a human penis or like a corkscrew duck penis? I hope it's one of those. (laughs) Wait, what? What do you mean a hope? Like Exactly. Like are you saying that he Oh, plot twist, he's also part squirrel and has one of those squirrel penises with the knives. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then as soon as she actually starts going along with yeah, we're just gonna move on from that. Uh, she, uh, as soon as she starts like, you know what, yeah, let's ha- let let's fuck. Let's have sex. He starts freaking out like, oh shit, this just got real. No. And then he starts saying no. She keeps trying to give excuses. Yeah, like you said, she's giving off a real rapey vibe. She's gonna rape a duck. And then till finally she's just like, oh, it's okay. I'm just joking. And then she goes to sleep with him in her bed. And then it cuts to fucking Phil and a new character, Dr. Jennings. They're just in her apartment, in her room. Yeah, just at break night, in, in, in the, the middle of her having very uncomfortable relations. With a duck. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you mentioned we get introduced to Jennings, Phil's scientist, who's an astrophysicist, by the way. Or They say astrophysicist, which is someone who's both an astrologist and a physicist. That You mean an astrophysicist whatever walter jenning played by rooney from ferris bueller he's very reserved in his first couple scenes but we'll get to him he's a scientist friend and he explains that uh howard we shot like a laser at your planet and accidentally pulled you back when the machine got all funky uh want me to send you back to your planet okay (laughs) jeffrey jones comes in as Dr. Jennings. Jeffrey Jones, the principal from Ferris Bueller. Jeffrey Jones, the real-life pedophile. Wait, what? Yeah, in like 2002, he went to jail for child porn. Oh, Jesus. My point is, this movie was made by George Lucas and Willard Oyot, starring an Oscar winner, a Ferris Bueller's Day Off alum, and a Back to the Future alum. 
And it's a piece of shit. <laughs> there was talent put in this movie. And it's still such a piece of shit. It shares a writer with American Graffiti and Temple of Doom. Yeah. It's just mind-numbing how bad it is. As much as I say I had a fun time with it, this is a piece of shit. This movie is shit. There was a lot going for it. Dr. Jennings tells him that they were testing a machine that is like a bridge between our world and other worlds. Actually, not to be nitpicky, but no it isn't. It's like a telescope, they say. Like a big laser telescope. I believe they say spectroscope, which is, I believe, for measuring light from stars. So how the fuck that teleported Howard, I don't know. You accidentally invented a teleporter somehow. Okay. But yeah, he offers to send him home. Howard has some painful goodbyes to say to Beverly. They go to the lab, but the telescope exploded and Dr. Jennings disappeared. And there's an accident. A lot of people are hurt. The police show up and they arrest Howard the Duck, as we mentioned earlier, for being an illegal alien. They hold him down and disrobe him in the police station. Which, here's my question. Why do the female ducks have nipples when the male ducks don't? Huh? Answer me that. Well, you see, the male ducks do, but Howard, he had his removed after he had breast cancer. It's a, it's a very tragic story. Okay, that's understandable. But we are getting so hung up on the duck titties in this review, and I'm just going to let you know, this probably is not going to be the last time I bring it up. Just throwing that out there. Because it's, it's, it's a duck with nipples. What the fuck are you thinking? It's not even like a... How do I phrase this and not sound like a furry? It's not even like an attractive... <laughs> duck with nipples like the costuming is very very bad in that early scene it just looks weird yeah it looks like howard the duck his design which is shit jennings disappeared the police arrest him disrobe him they arrest him for being an illegal alien beverly helps break howard the duck out of police custody they're kind of walking around the basement of the police station they overhear the police talking about yes they are armed and dangerous and then immediately howard grabs the gun that beverly took off of the police officer earlier and throws it into a can of oil a what I get, you don't want to seem threatening to a bunch of people with guns when you're in that situation. But he just throws away the gun. Like, what What does Howard care? Also, He's an alien. a random bucket of oil? Yes, exactly. What the fuck? But then as they're walking around the basement, out of nowhere, Dr. Jennings just turns a corner. He looks a bit worse for wear as he was in the explosion and he was transported to the police station a couple miles away. But he's also having these episodes of having what appears to be incredibly painful headaches. But, you know, well, that that's not well, going to be I'm sure that that's fine. Like, I mean, yeah, he's just acting. It's fine. Especially after he says, oh, God, I think that I'm possessed by an alien that's taking over my body. They don't, like, react at all. Like, Howard and Beverly are pretty chill about the fact that Dr. Jennings is very clearly being possessed by an alien. And it takes them, like, five different explanations of I am the dark god who is now possessing Jennings for them to realize, oh, he's possessed. After Jennings breaks them out of the station, they have this very, very long, drawn-out sequence of them trying to avoid crashing the car when they end up in a diner and once they get the diner they decide oh let's get some food and then immediately dr jennings tells them like i am an alien called the dark overlord 
I am going to bring the apocalypse to your world and kill all of you. And they're like, eh, no, you're in shock. Whatever. Let's go get something to eat. They go to the diner, which, what the hell kind of restaurant is this? Like, yes, thank you. So the sign outside says it's a sushi restaurant and the owners are Japanese and they're wearing like headbands with like the Imperial Japan like sun on it. So like, okay, it's a sushi place. But they treat it like a diner. They order eggs, bacon, and coffee, and all the patrons are like redneck hunters who are out looking for ducks. Like, I mean, I guess there's probably a sushi restaurant slash diner out there, but that's pretty weird, right? Yeah, I know. Like, that was my question. And and again, it's a restaurant. I'm sure they would have other options, but it's like, I don't know. I was like, what the hell is this restaurant? Like, it's, I thought it was a sushi restaurant, but then all anyone else is eating is like regular diner food. It was just weird to me. It took me out. So while they're at the diner, some like hunter dudes like, oh, because it's big duck hunting season. Although, I mean, I'm not from Cleveland. Isn't Cleveland an urban area? Yeah, it is. I don't feel like the people who are actively out hunting for ducks would be in the middle of Cleveland. Whatever. Some hunters come up to their table and Howard makes fun of them. So they try to murder Howard. Not just the rednecks, the entire patrons of the restaurant all the random people at this restaurant like jump in to try and murder this alien like holy crap beverly says you're the real animals and also says that howard's her boyfriend and one of the hunters says that's disgusting he's the only character in this movie i relate to Yeah. yeah why are these people so down to murder howard right exactly and it's like before that The Dark Overlord, he gives his other monologue. He pulls out a device, which is essentially a detonator. He's going to activate the machine, bring more of his alien species to Earth to bring the apocalypse. But Howard is more concerned with the eggs the waitress is serving him. Yeah, which would be chicken eggs. So, I mean, it's not cannibalism. Also... You're an alien. You're not the same species as duck. You just have a beak. Whatever. Jennings starts developing superpowers, like literally every power ever, telekinesis, energy projection, electricity, whatever, everything. And once they finally realize, oh, you're possessed by an evil alien that's going to kill all of us. Why didn't you explain that to us? Five times, you know? Why, like, why Why? didn't you? Yeah, but Howard steals the detonator, and as they're about to escape, out of nowhere, like you said, these rednecks show up because earlier Howard saw on the TV that it was duck hunting season. That's what we call a Chekhov's random hunter who's gonna murder the main character for being an alien. Exactly, you know? You get it, Casey. He starts fighting them, and then the entire restaurant starts trying to murder him. They literally tie him up, start seasoning him, and Beverly has to trick the overlord into saving Howard because, ooh, Howard has the detonator. And Jennings just unleashes hell on all of the patrons of the restaurant. He just starts blasting them with lasers and telekinesis and shit. After saving Howard's life, Jennings escapes with Beverly. He, like, kidnaps her and says... Okay, he never actually acts on it later in the movie, but he says, I shall bring my dark lords here. And by the way, that's what he sounds like. He talks like this throughout the entire movie. (laughs) That's my my voice. But anyway, yeah, he kidnaps Beverly and he tells her, I'm going to bring my other dark lord friends to Earth and they need like a vessel to possess and it will grow within you. And he looks at her really creepily like, 
Oh god, is this oh is he going to and then he sticks out his tongue and it gets really long and it goes into like the car cigarette lighter port so he can like charge up? Like what oh god, this is an uncomfortable movie. Yeah, I mean I will say, from this moment on, it was pretty clear to me this movie had a fair bit of money behind it. For the rest of the movie, Jennings is transforming into a monster. And in this one, like his face peels back and a giant tentacle with a hook on it flies out of his mouth and starts charging himself up it was at that part i'm like huh that like actually looks not horrible for the time period and i actually looked up the budget behind this yeah 37 million dollars it made back 38 this movie had a higher budget than back to the future which came out a year earlier and not just that this movie had more than triple the budget of A New Hope. Yeah. It had double the budget of The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And it's so bad is the thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like through the rest of this movie, there's some stuff they do, some practical effects, some stunt work, some stuff. I'm like, they put money into this, like a lot of money. They actually tried. This has over 20% higher budget than Back to the Future. It even has slightly higher than Return of the Jedi. Hey, George, what do you want to spend $32 million on? Want to make Howard the Duck or want to make the third Star Wars movie? Think very, very carefully. Eh, Howard the Duck. Okay, George. Uh, well, I don't think we're going to be able to include this new character that you just created for Howard the Duck. I just think it's going to be... I don't know. I just can't really see how it's going to work. Uh, what's the character's name? Uh, uh, Jar Jar Binks? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I'll, I'll just include him in uh, the next Star Wars movie in, in, in uh, 16 years. You know, I'll, I'll just include him in there. Maybe Michael Jackson can play him. I don't know. Wait, what? No. Stop, stop. Out of the bit. Are you making that up? Did Michael Jackson want to play Jar Jar Binks? He did, and it almost happened. Oh my god, what the... I mean, I know that he wanted to play Spider-Man, but that's even weirder. He almost played Jar Jar Binks. He really wanted to play Jar Jar Binks. Why? I mean, it's Michael Jackson, so the answer is because he was Michael Jackson. But why? Because he wanted to get close to Jake Lloyd. Yeah. Oh, ugh. Yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? That's some dark humor for you. So... Jennings goes to, like, a nuclear power plant to, like, absorb its energy, and Howard and Phil team up to go rescue Beverly. They, like, steal, like, an ultralight, like, those bicycle airplane things that look really fake but are actually a real thing by the way they just find an airplane sitting around that they used to go find beverly how convenient yeah and not just that phil fixes it up and it's like it's at night when they team up and by the time they get it fixed and actually operational it's like midday almost and the entire time the police are swarming the area and one of the cops actually goes up to the other one like hey we found him they were behind the building next door. We're going to go take them now. And it's like, what? I, eh. And then just as they're about to get arrested, they take off and start flying. And again, a lot of that flying was practical, which again leans to the fact that they did have a pretty decent budget for this movie. This is essentially, it's a chase scene between the police in their cars and Howard the Duck and Phil in a plane above them. They're getting shot down. They're maneuvering through a town, through streets. They do a loop-de-loop over a bridge. They break through a giant banner that says duck season on it. 
Howard gets his revenge on a group of duck hunters sitting in boats over a lake as he's screaming, Tora, Tora, Tora! Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't normally do this. I try to pay close attention during films so I can give good analysis. But this one, I just, yeah, I checked out like halfway through this film and my eyes like glazed over and I kind of stopped paying attention. I just kind of sat there wishing for the film to be over because this film's two hours and it feels like it's 10. And like, I, for the life of me, I don't remember how the airplane sequence ended it's just like okay they're on an airplane and uh, and now they're confronting jennings okay honestly the airplane scene it's not the best action ever it's not very good action but i don't know i thought it was pretty because it was very practical they were using practical effects and practical stunts like at one point phil is about to fall off and they actually have a a shot of the police cars driving and a real plane flying above them with a guy dangling from it. Like, I don't know, I thought that scene was pretty thrilling for me. Not great, not not a good movie, but thrilling. I don't know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was gonna say, I thought it was good. No, I thought it was, it, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was just enjoyable for me. Jennings is trying to break into the lab, and because of that, he blows up an entire line of cars in front of him in a giant explosion that was practical once again. And I'm like, what the f- All of this money went to waste in such a piece of shit film. The plane flies through a train car, and because of that, they lose their wings, crash into a lake. Howard can't swim, so Phil has to save him. They break into the lab where Dr. Jennings has strapped Beverly to the telescope, and he's about to turn on the machine. But before he can, Howard and Phil break into a room where there is a weapon called the Neutron Disintegrator. It's an experimental weapon that can, like, kill anything. Conveniently, in a fucking laboratory where they're testing telescopes, you know? Because, of course, and then they attach it to a giant motorized cart. Half of the climactic action scene is Howard zipping around on that cart with a giant laser cannon on it. As half-human, half alien creature is blasting lasers at him. And again, it's not good. It's really not good. Fuck. At one point, Jennings, or the Overlord rather, blasts a laser at Howard and Phil deflects it with a small bowl or a satellite or whatever that was. Jennings and Howard have a standoff where they shoot each other and presumably Howard wins. He crashes the cart, but he, he wins. He survived. Phil gets Beverly off the... He frees her from being strapped down, and you think everything's gone all right. You think Wait, the, shut the day is safe. Oh, no, it's a big spooky claymation monster! That's going to kill us now! Oh, wait, Power just defeated it by shooting it with the same blaster. Yeah, now, that's the thing. This scene, I did get bored with. Like, I'm not necessarily opposed to long action scenes, but if it gets to a point where it's just dull this is the part of the movie where it did dull or at least this section i was very i will with. say i do think that jennings monster form i mean it's very clearly claymation but i mean it's at least good claymation it's better than the howard puppet oh yeah absolutely they find jennings but he's back to himself and one of the first things he says is no the overlord is still here somewhere we need to get out of here and i was like no come on no the action scene's over i thought 
Nope, nope. A giant half crab, half Star Wars Rancor starts slowly walking towards Howard in the lab. Starts blasting Beverly and Phil. And Howard grabs the other gun and kills him. Yay, it's over. Wait, no. There's more <laughs> monsters coming through the telescope. Quick, Howard, shoot it. Now you can never go home again. Okay, are we done? Are we done with the boring accent scene? Okay, got anything else you want to get out? No? Okay, okay, good. We're free. Howard destroys the machine to prevent the other overlords from coming to Earth. And in doing so, you will not be able to go back home. I mean, why would he... I mean, that's the weird thing about this movie. They painted a lot with him trying to go back home, but they don't give him a reason. Like, everything we see of his home life is it's just the same as life would be on Earth, and he was fairly depressed and dissatisfied with that life. Right. It's not some big sacrifice because it, the film hasn't established he is giving up something big for these people exactly it's shit don't get me wrong it's shit but there's really inspiring music playing in the background that makes it perfect yeah so the day is saved the villain is defeated the overlords cannot come to earth but howard is stuck on earth but he's with his girlfriend beverly so it's okay and then the last scene of this movie is beverly's band she has a band uh, did we mention that i don't remember maybe once or twice yeah, I don't know, but her band, The Cherry Bombs, who was a real band at the time, just throwing that out there. Actually, wait, what's it with us doing really bad things made by Lucasfilms that feature real bands in them? I don't know. I don't even know if that was the real band. It was just another band had the same name, you know? I don't know. I don't really care enough to look into that. They're performing their new hit song called Howard the Duck, and... Howard's their manager, Phil is their special effects supervisor. As Howard is about to help Phil with this new special effect, Howard gets lowered onto the stage where he's shown to the entire crowd of people who no one's freaking out anymore. Everyone throughout the first half of the movie was freaking out that they saw a giant duck, which is natural, I mean, I would think. But like, at a point, everyone stops freaking out about it. So yeah, he's on the stage. Phil runs in, hands him a miniature electric guitar, and Howard fucking shreds that shit. He plays the shit out of that electric guitar. As his hot girlfriend is singing a song she wrote about him being a superhero. God damn. Honestly, Howard's better off on Earth. What is he going to go back to? What is he going to go back to on Duck World? Like, just this shitty apartment with no life? No, no. He's going to stay on Earth. So, like, we've been making fun of Beverly for being a furry, but, like, I just realized... Yeah? Howard's, like, the same thing? Yeah. For him, like, Beverly, it would be like if you dated a person who was 10 feet tall and didn't have skin? <laughs> and had, like, pinchers instead of a mouth. Like, Howard's a weird little duck. Yeah, and the last shot is Beverly and Howard running off stage and embracing. And that's the end of this movie. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But like I said, God damn it, did I have a blast watching it. Yeah, and I, I wish I did. Like, there are times on this show where there have been movies that are so bad that I've genuinely enjoyed them, like The Last Airbender. But I just, this one didn't work for me. I just, I found it boring. And that's the worst thing a movie can be. It wasn't exciting enough to be an adventure movie. It wasn't well-written or heartwarming enough to make me care about the characters wasn't weird enough to be a good adaptation of the 
balls-to-the-wall comic, not ex existential or satirical enough to give it any depth, and above all, it just wasn't funny, which is the worst thing it, I can say about a comedy film. Right. Oh yeah, I completely agree. The writing and the characters sucked ass. Howard was an unlikable protagonist. He was unsettling to look at. The costume and prosthetics they used for him, the animatronics they used for his mouth were terrible. The acting was so over the top and extra. Like you said, it's not fun enough to be an adventure film. It's not funny or creative enough to be a fish out of water. It's like, it tries to be so many different things. Like there's like many instances, it's like kind of a fish out of water, but then Howard is actively like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, also Howard, he's normal and he's too normal for it to be a fish out of water thing, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just a weird, short, ugly little man who looks like his soul was stolen by Satan. Right, exactly. It's cheesy and hilariously bad. Admittedly, that's probably why I liked it so much. It's just because it's so bad, it's funny to me. But that said, honestly, I went into this movie expecting something completely unwatchable. But the actors, while over the top and extra, they really committed to the balls-to-the-wall insanity that this movie should have been, not is. Because it should have been crazy and weird like the comics, but it's not. It's just like a really toned-down version of that. But that said, the actors still go all the way with it. A lot of money behind it, which led to what I thought were pretty good stunts and special effects. The claymation stuff, that looked really good. The special effects and the practical effects all of them looked, I thought, pretty good, except for Howard the Duck. You know, the main yeah, character. Yeah, but that's kind of the important one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. This movie is just from every possible angle really bad, but there's enough in it for me that I'm like, God, this is a fucking blast to watch. There were some lines I was laughing fairly consistently throughout this movie, mostly because of how unfunny it was. I will say I remembered another line that I thought was funny. Mm -hmm. someone i think it was a cop when he's like driving the semi through traffic like goes up to dr jenning and says hey what's your problem jack and he says my name is not jack it was almost funny i thought that scene when he flew over the lake with all those duck hunters on there and he's screaming at them like yeah that's what you get you find you duck hunters and stuff like that um i thought that that was fun i don't know Th this movie's fun it's bad, but it's fun. In terms of its representation of the characters, from what I understand, in the comics, Howard the Duck is a private investigator, right? I don't know. Probably. Like I said, I don't know anything. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, words are hard. I don't know anything about Howard the Duck in the comics, as I've stated. But that would have been more fun. Honestly, I wish it was more Howard- being the band manager, finding a new life on Earth where he's a musician, then this bad, bad adventure movie, even though I will admit, Jeffrey Jones, who's kind of creepy, I will admit he's the best performance in this movie. But honestly, I feel like it was a mistake to focus on that as a character. Especially because beyond acting weird, there's really nothing there. No, not at all. There's nothing there, he's acting weird, and he's played by a, a fucking sex offender, so fuck him. Uh, from what I understand in the comics, I'm pretty sure Howard the Duck is a private investigator. 
But in the movie, they actually have a scene explaining his job. He went to school to become a plastic surgeon, but dropped out. He then became a songwriter slash construction worker who is currently working as an advertising copywriter. Ooh, that sounds so entertaining. What? They devote an entire section of a scene to that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm an advertising minor in school. I have experience copywriting. It fucking sucks. I, I get it, you know? Like, I, I empathize with him on that one. That said, advertising firms, if you're going to hire me for a copywriter, please oh, ignore that. Riley, wrong show. Make your own beg for job thing. I'm just saying, I have experience writing copy and it sucks. Yeah, it's boring. It's boring. And I, I actually don't know what your point is because I'm pretty sure the point is him saying that it's boring. Right. It's just, I'm just saying, it's like they devote an entire scene to explaining all the jobs he's had, and none of them are the actual job he has in the comics. Hold on, I looked it up. Sorry to cut you off, but I looked up, up. there's an arc in the comics where he runs for president of the United States. He fought a vampire cow named Bessie the Hell Cow. Okay. God, there's so many weird things. He got sent to an alternate universe by She-Hulk. I'm just reading off the random shit that he's done in the comics. The Santa Claus thing we've talked about. Like, this film should have been wacky. Why isn't it wacky? It's boring. Right. Exactly. (sighs) Yeah, this movie is just... It's one of those movies... The reason why I had so much fun with it is because it is so bad it's good to me. I completely understand and respect that you really were bored with it. I completely understand that. Personally, I really don't ever see myself watching this movie ever again. Maybe I'll watch a clip here and there. Howard the Duck is canonically the smartest duck in the Marvel Universe. I mean, naturally. I mean, but that's a low bar. I mean, how many other ducks are there in the Marvel Universe? An entire planet of them! He teamed up with Frankenstein's monster to fight Man-Thing? Right, and that's the thing, is it's like, he's supposed to be wacky and silly, and honestly... This would have, like we've talked about, it would have been so much better if this were an animation because they could have gone all out with it. They could have made it accurate. Howard the Duck is a character that works better in a cartoony animated form, you know, like a comic book. Howard gets a magic bracelet that makes him the wielder of the doucheblade, a magic sword that makes you grow enormous breasts. What? Oh, I think I've seen that comic book cover, actually. Closing the tab, no more looking up weird shit Howard the Duck did in the comics that I wish that he did in this movie. Let's go back to this shitty film. Riley, any more thoughts on it? I have one thing to say, and it's not necessarily about the movie. It's just something interesting I read. This movie was a box office failure. It made its budget back. That's it. George Lucas, obviously the producer, this was a huge financial blow to him. While also, at the same time, the Skywalker Ranch was in construction. Now that was very expensive. George Lucas was also going through a very messy divorce, and that was also very expensive. So, in the combination of the divorce, the building of Skywalker Ranch, and the box office failure that was this movie, George Lucas had to sell off some of the divisions, some of the departments in his company. And because of that, George Lucas had to sell the computer animation division of his company. Wait, did he? He sold it to the CEO of Apple, Steve Jobs. Thus- Are you telling me that goddamn Pixar exists because of this shitty movie? Exactly, yes. Well, yay for it, I guess. 
Am I in a bad mood today? I, I don't know. Because this movie was a failure, George Lucas had to sell the computer animation division of his company to Steve Jobs, who in turn created Pixar, which gave us Toy Story, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. Pixar exists because of this movie. That is a fact. Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta love it, man. Got a score? As much fun as I had with it, objectively, this is a terrible, terrible movie. So much of it is bad. That said, I did have a lot of enjoyment in it, but it's in the type of enjoyment where you're having a great time because it's so bad it's good. You know what I mean? So on a score from one to 10, I'm gonna give it a two. One for each duck titty. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, one for each duck titty. That's yeah. fair enough. Although, I mean, there were... That really depends on what we're defining as duck kitties, because there was the Playboy and, I mean, Howard Shirtless. Whatever, I'm giving it three. Okay. It's not good. But you gave it a higher rating than me, so... Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I was the one that had fun with this movie. But I admit, it is a terrible movie. God damn, that's our... I believe that's our second worst movie. It's tied with Captain America 1990 for the second worst movie we've ever reviewed, and it's only beat out by another Lucasfilm thing. George Lucas, please hire me. Why am I trying to turn this into a job application? Stop it! I know, I'll try. No one listens to this. Not yet, anyway. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok... Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Silver Age Silver Screen, where we post updates for the show, sometimes post clips of the show, and yeah, we just post about the show on those. So go follow us there. You can find me on YouTube at Riley Thorpe, where you can check out all of my horror comedy short films. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Riley James Thorpe where you can check out all my content there. I have a lot more coming soon. Yeah, you can all find me on Twitter at Jarms Casey, J-A-R-M-E-S-C-A-S-C-Y. You can find all of my work at caseyjarms.wordpress.com. Got lots of games and stories there, including a couple chapters of one of my books, uh, Double Elimination Soul Survivor, because I'm doing a sequel to it. Also, video essay about superheroes. Go watch that. My Hero Academia Superheroes in the status quo. Sorry, I... I'm sorry. I just, I discover, I can't, I, uh, all I can, don't Google it, but Google it. Google what I'm talking about, the doucheblade stuff. That's the weirdest thing we've ever talked about, I think. I'm looking that up right now. Why is Howard the Duck a mouse, by the way? Like, in this storyline, he's a mouse who gets turned into a mouse with big titties and can't walk his titties so big and nipple... Mouse duck nipples. We're in the fucking weeds! It's it's fine. Next week's a discussion. We're doing the weirdest comic book characters, and I already had mine worked out, but I might have to change it because of Howard the Duck. What the fuck is this shit? This is... Oh, what the... What what the fuck, Howard the Duck writers? This is so... What? I don't know, man. As always, I'm Casey Jones. And I'm Riley Thorpe. Yeah, we'll be back next week if our minds haven't been melted by the weirdness that is Howard the Duck comics. Oh my god. Hey, it's just a move. I just looked it up. Yeah! <laughs> what? Yeah, what the... What the... What the fuck? Oh my... What? The... You know what? I'm done. I'm done. This... <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a movie. Don't lose your head about it. End of episode. What the fuck? What what the fuck is Howard the Duck in the comics? <laughs>